0: Welcome back to Joker Men. This is the podcast that's about Bob Dylan, the artist. Bob Dylan's middle career. Bob Dylan's best albums. Uh, <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about an album by uh, Bob Dylan, and it's called Shot of Love, and it's from 1981. And today is our discussion of Side B, of that record, I'm Evan, and my co-host, as always, is.
1: Uh, you was can do to hear it. Something I wanted to say. Uh, um, it, your yeah. name, Ian.
0: <laughs> that that's the that's the effect that this record has been having on both of us. Um, I think that. It actually is is similar to um, to consuming uh, what's known as the, on the street as whippets, um, <laughs> uh, doing doing whippets. It has a similar effect as doing this. Listening to this album, ice cream scoops out of your brain.
1: Right. Yeah. It sort of just kind of smooths smooths things over and and anesthetizes you in a in a in a sort of unsettling kind of way i would say
0: metallic ringing in your ears and uh... right yeah
1: that kind of taste of blood in the back of your throat mm. <laughs> before we, before we move on too much further um we need to i think we we need to take a moment and uh and and dig into dig into the cover uh once again um which uh, is an interesting interesting piece of art in that it, it doesn't have a picture of bob.
0: Right, it's uh, actually a picture <laughs> of a a pop art explosion <laughs> that says shot of love um and bob is nowhere to be seen. He's nowhere not there. to be seen. No. Yeah. The covers okay, I guess.
1: I, yeah, I guess I I don't I don't really understand what the um, what the concept was necessarily. Besides Bob just being like, "Oh, uh, Roy Lichtenstein is cool" or something. I'm gonna do a pop art uh, benday dots album cover.
0: Is that what that's called? Um,
1: ben. well, yeah, like you know, with the with comics and stuff, the little yeah. dots that make up yeah. I didn't know ben... that
0: that's what they were called.
1: Bende dots. Yeah.
0: Benday dots.
1: Bob Dylan Dots. Bob Bob Dippin Dots. My
0: brain continues to be very good from this (laughs) record. Um, We just were listening to the last uh, song on side A, which is called Watered Down Love. And uh, now with side B, we begin with a song called The Groom Still Waiting at the Altar. And it's a metaphor I really can't, I don't get. I'm sorry.
1: What uh, What don't you get about it?
0: Well, what do you get about it?
1: What do I <laughs> get about it? Um, well, I'm guessing that uh has something to do with with love, considering the title of the album and the mention of the groom in the... Trek, um, I don't fucking know. It's, this this is another Christian song, um, I guess, right? Because he mentions w- west of the Jordan, east of the rock of Gibraltar.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's from Bible. Yeah. <laughs> that's from Bible.
1: Cities on fire, phones out of order. They're killing nuns and soldiers. There's fighting on the border. What can I say about Claudette? Ain't seen her since January. She could be respectfully married or running a whorehouse in Buenos Aires.
0: So he's talking about the woman. Uh, what's happening?
1: I don't... I really don't know. Like, this one... Um, this
0: one stumped me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, that we're starting off this episode with my head up my ass about it, but...
1: Well, that's, uh, you know, that's that's what you get with a, with a record like this, I think. Um, I'm looking back at the lyrics on this, and, like, I just... I, I, somehow this has just gone in one ear and out the other besides the 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 chorus uh uh don't know what I can say about Claudette that wouldn't come back to haunt me finally had to give her up about the time she began to want me but I know God has mercy on them who are slandered and humiliated I'd have done anything for that woman if she didn't make me feel so obligated uh So, yeah, I guess Bob is, uh, having a little trouble with Claudette or something.
0: Yeah. Or something.
1: Or something. Uh, while, while we've been looking at this, I've been researching Shot of Love era images. Uh, and I, uh, just found the... The back cover. The back back cover cover is way
0: better than the front cover. Fantastic. Back cover It's a beautiful monochrome image of Bob, uh sort of looking wistfully askance at some, are they, is it a rose?
1: Yeah, it's a rose.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a really good photo, actually. And um, the rare flattering photo from this era of, of Mr. Dylan, Mr. Bob.
1: I don't even know how flattering it, it, it even is. He's a little I think he looks looking. a
0: little heroin chic, you know? he looks, Right. It's kind of a good... Household hair you can't tell that his outfit is bad if it is um, <laughs> and uh it's romantic it's got a, a classic poetic romanticism to it Whereas uh, i guess that's true a lot of the other images of bob and at this time uh he what's he wearing you know what's he dressed in he's got like this bomber jacket that he wore a lot uh with patches all over it and, like, big aviator shades. Right. Um, the insert, is that the insert that uh, you're also looking at there?
1: Here are the original LP and cassette art proofs for Shot of Love. Oh, from the original Bob Dylan official Twitter account, which appears to be sort of a weird, again, pop art-looking thing. But it's a little bit more of a painting of the rear of, of a, like, Joe Biden-era big car yeah, it,
0: I was about to say it looks like something you'd see in a, a hard rock cafe. It has kind of a weird pseudo psychedelic aspect, and that the clouds that this this car—it's like a—it's literally a Cadillac flying through heaven, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is like the most boomer image you could ever produce. The yes. fact that it has like a somewhat like psychedelic '60s vibe with the the clouds being sort of mirrored to be kind of like a, a tie-dye or, or, you know, a, a kaleidoscope type of pattern, it, it doesn't take away. It only adds to this uh, boomer, uh, what would you even say, the boom, boomer
1: image. <laughs> God, this
0: album's doing a doozy on me. The shot of love is uh, lobotomy.
1: <laughs> I actually kind of like the this. This cover seems more like seems brighter and more interesting to me than. Well, the... we're
0: looking at a very high res version of it, and it is actually that, is that it. I think it's just that it's a really high res version. It looks really good, actually. There's a lot, yeah, of I cool like all the texture. colors and everything. It's yeah, cool. it's, it is actually a cool cover. um respect
1: all right yeah interestingly here again though uh I remember uh, priority records you know the, the thing you mentioned nine songs uh, and then i said it's 10 this this clearly shows uh, side one side two nine song record uh there is no groom still waiting at the altar oh right side two dead man dead man in the summertime trouble every grain of sand uh, we'll we'll have to get to the bottom of that
0: well there were a lot of songs that didn't make the cut on um, on this record some of which i'm I'm not sure if you've heard any of those um Caribbean wind have you heard that one
1: i I, I have heard Caribbean wind uh, that
0: one is really an interesting case because it's actually pretty good yeah or relative to a lot of what you have on here it seems like a more ambitious song and um I did some reading on it and it went through a rather torturous, the classic like Bob Dylan tortured uh, pr- production where the idea comes, they like do a version of it. And then when it comes time to like do the real version, it feels like a struggle. Like the, t- the moment is passed and they try all these different things. Bob rewrites some things in this case. I think he, he rewrote some lyrics that are, it's just kind of baffling as to why Um, Clinton Halen in the recording sessions, the the book that has such great insight into the recording sessions talks about Bob Dylan changing the lyrics in this case, in a way that is kind of like shying away from certain more personal aspects of it, Mm -hmm. um, which actually make it a, a more, a better song. There's some examples, though, of specific lyric changes that are just kind of like, even just for me, I don't even know the song that well. It has some uh, just like annoying things like, oh, that was clearly the better line. Like, for example, as a further insult to the version in Lyrics, which is the official published book that Dylan put out, uh, including his lyrics, some of them have been so badly transcribed that the, the words redeemed men have become Arabian men. <laughs> um, were we sniper bait? Actually a great line he says has become, did we snap at the bait and chrome Brown eyes are now lone Brown eyes. Yuck. End quote. Um, Chrome brown eyes, that's pretty cool. But anyway, there's a lot of songs that didn't make the cut. Another was um, You Changed uh, My Life, I believe it's called. Yes, You Changed My Life appeared on the first bootleg series release. Um, There's others, but honestly, we don't have... There's no point in really discussing them because we only have what we have.
1: We do only have what we have. Uh, And on that note, the next song that we have, Dead Man, Dead Man.
0: So this one is relatively okay to me. Um, Yeah, I think this is a cool one. It actually reminds me quite a bit of uh, two songs on Oh Mercy, Um, those being Political World and Everything is Broken. It's just one of those sort of, like, negative uh, barn burners that are just kind of, like, talking shit about how something's bad, Mm. nothing's good. Right. In this case, I think it's an interesting... uh, It's sort of like a universal uh, reappraisal of uh, Mr. Jones. You could say a Christian one, in that he's sort of talking about all these endless legion of of people who are without the Lord Um, I think it's it's pretty easy to make that connection that the deadness Mm -hmm. he's talking Mm -hmm. about is uh, is the lack of of the Holy Spirit the absorption and greed and uh, all manner of worldly misery and cobwebs in your brain or whatever he says
1: is that the, uh, I guess that's the idea, right?
0: I think so. I think that when he's talking about dead man, he's talking about all these people who are out of touch with the grace of God um, and, you know, poisoned by greed or, and whatever else. And then he ends the song by going, I can't stand it a lot of times.
1: I initially thought, for some reason, that it was the the dead man that he was singing to was the Lord Christ Himself, as in like when will when will you arise? You know, when 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 are you coming back? But if I, you look at I, the um, lyrics, I think yeah, it's, I'm looking it's, at it now, and, it and I don't think that would really work. A
0: little negative for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, don't I can't stand it! I can't stand it! You want to take me down to hell? Yeah, Jesus probably doesn't want to take Bob to hell.
0: Yeah no, uh, so you you could look at earlier on this record, um, the the song "Property of Jesus" is kind of a, a positively Fourth Street, and this song is kind of a ballad of, of thin, thin Man. Man. Uh, <laughs> this
1: is this is the this is the this is the Highway sixty one for a new generation.
0: Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, for worse probably
1: yeah i mean i i think this is a this is a a, a good one as, as far as shot of love tracks it's go. A toe,
0: it's a toe tapper
1: yeah there's a cool kind of organ vibe and yeah it's sort of um like vaguely sinister witchy you know just a moody moody tone to it um and yeah the lyric is not completely dumb so uh so it get it gets a pass in my book
0: yep same. The next one in the summertime is um, a continuing of that breath of fresh air, I suppose. If if a Dead Man sort of cracked the door uh, with like, can there be good things on this record? Then you know, <laughs> in the summertime, opens that door a little bit, just a little bit more, and says, maybe, sort of. And uh, yeah, this is the most relatively pleasant song I think we have on here and and, uh, so far, anyway, so far. And um, it has a beautiful little harmonica that comes and starts it and goes throughout. I think I like the song a lot more musically than I do lyrically. Which, lyrically, it feels a little half-assed and anemic, um, but musically, it's like really pleasant to listen to. I do think, though, that this this song is like, if you want to compare um, Van Morrison and Bob Dylan and their strengths and weaknesses, I think this song in particular shows like this is exactly the type of song that Van Morrison could do without even breaking a sweat without uh, well actually I don't know he probably I don't know how easy it is to make him sweat uh, Van Morrison. He seems like he might sweat easily actually, so I take that back. Um, but he could do it with ease. He could just ride a song like this with the power of his voice and just riffing and you know filling it up with feeling, filling a simple song up with feeling and letting it swell and ride out. And uh, it it works fine for Bob, but he is not Van Morrison. And they have different skill sets. And uh, I prefer the Van Morrison uh, when it comes to this type of material.
1: Right. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a good point. I, I think I, I didn't necessarily make the Van Morrison connection on this, but I you see that. You can
0: imagine Van going in the summertime, right? In yeah. the summertime, when you were with me, just like yeah. whatever. Like, it's exactly the type of shit he he's so good at.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like the harmonica. It's a, it's a nice. You know, pretty. You know, I guess I was gonna say simple, but it's as far as shot of love lyrics go. This is one of the more relatively insightful ones, actually. Uh, just it, it is relatively simple, still. Just sort of him yeah. reminiscing about. I,
0: I think that's what reminded me though of Van Morrison in particular is that it's simple, but also kind of insightful, but not too much.
1: Right. Yeah, I think I think I think we're we're grading him on a curve uh, on, on on this record. So uh, if if this song appeared you on uh, uh, on Desire, for instance, it it might not look as as good as it does uh, appearing on 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 a record that contains not only Lenny Bruce but also watered down love. Right. Um. But yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's uh, it is what it is. It's a song on this record that fills four or five minutes and gets us one step closer to the end of it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and we should be grateful to it for that. Um, <laughs> the next song is called Trouble. This song, uh, fun fact, it came out the same year as the song Trouble by Lindsey Buckingham. Uh, which, oh, by comparison, sounds like the best song ever written compared to this. Not that anyone Lindsay ever asked, Buckingham but, Trouble
1: um, is so much better Trouble, than Bob Dylan It's Trouble. a great
0: song. It's a great song to begin. Yeah, I mean, Buckingham's Trouble is a, a solid gold classic. And, um, you know, it came out after this song. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that there's any competition between those two directly. It's just looking back, seeing that there are two songs by major artists with this title coming out in the year 1981. Um, and one of them is great. And one of them is this song. It's this song. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, this is, this is not good.
0: No, it's bad. And it's honestly bad. Not even bad in like an interesting way. It's not good.
1: It seems like it's kind of coming from the same place that No Time to Think did. Oh, that's an on, interesting on, on Street comparison. Legal. Just in that, in that, uh, not not sonically necessarily because this is just really kind of like a a turgid kind of twiddly like just uh, bad. But it's got it's got that same kind of sense of false profundity. I think that No Time to Think had um but it's even worse than that uh because no time to think at least was like interesting it just just like rhythmically poetically just like stringing some of those words together i think it, it started to become not profound necessarily but something something kind of interesting and this one is really just like tortuous and like halting and and taking one step and then two steps back um nightclubs of the broken-hearted stadiums of the damned, yeah, legislature-perverted nature, doors that are rudely slammed.
0: Yeah, he, he he, on top of everything, feels the need to throw in some, like, just broad condescension about, I don't even know, just everything-
1: but not even in a well, he does, but not not in in not in an insightful kind of way, or like you know original yeah, no, or anything. It's, very, it's just like it's
0: very broad,
1: which makes me think a little bit about that um, that Rolling Stone interview that you highlighted this past week uh, from 2012.
0: Um, yeah, yeah ma- incredible interview. Yeah, spellbinding. Um,
1: <laughs> the, the and the thing the the bit about the voting uh is is so uh so funny and such a counterpoint i think uh, to something like this where like bob is being a minx i would say and and by refusing to talk about politics or voting or anything appears to be uh, somehow, like more intelligent, or or um, uh, like he knows more than you do, uh, by by refusing to talk about it, and that's that's where I think it's it's an interesting juxtaposition against a song like this or No Time to Think, where when he is willing to engage with these bigger, broader so, uh, social questions and stuff, he often, at this point in time, at least, uh, ends <laughs> ends up sounding not quite as. Um, as um, erudite and um, intelligent as we might want him to, or might expect him to be. Um, So at some point between 1981 and 2012, I think, I think he learned a lesson to, uh, to just kind of keep his, keep his mouth shut on this shit. And people will just think, (laughs) think that he knows something. Uh, Well, it works Uh, on roofs like us. yeah, it does. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's He's, got it down.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like when you do anything as like amazing, and as as great a stretch of wonderful work as as you, as Bob Dylan has done in his early days, you can, you have this amazing luxury of just shutting the hell up about certain topics forever, and That's people true. are people like us, and you know are just so ready to give you the benefit of the doubt, Bob Dylan, that you <laughs> don't that you have just incredibly nuanced. Uh, inscrutable opinions and we you know never want to think bad of, of you but um when you write a song like trouble um, i I can't hide behind that uh, I can't hide you I can't protect you Bob from my opinion yeah. that you might be um, <laughs> being an idiot at, <laughs> at the time in 1981 when you wrote yep. this particular song Well, are you ready to do an absolute 180, a Jokerman 180, a 360? Let's do it. Let's do donuts, because we're actually about to talk about a very good song.
1: Yes, a song that uh, on, its, uh, on its own by itself sort of redeems the entire, the entire Shot of Love project, I yeah, would say. I,
0: I think so, too. It's remarkable. And also remarkable that certain other songs that didn't make the cut, uh, like Caribbean Wind, um, and no, most notably Caribbean Wind, uh, which eventually wasn't included, I guess, under the this idea that it, it didn't fit with the record, I think was something that Bob Dylan said, like was too different than the other stuff that he put on here. I don't know why he says that, because first of all, there's not much that holds the rest of the record together um, tonally. And then you have this song, which is absolutely nothing like what's come before it so far.
1: Yeah, the album ends with the great Every Grain of Sand.
0: Every Grain of Sand. And it's, um, I think, you know, I think it's probably the best Song to come out of Bob's religious period.
1: It's bold take. I don't know.
0: I think that's a pretty bu- uh, standard take, actually. Is it? Yeah.
1: Some of those, some of those slow train tracks. You know, uh, like, gotta serve somebody. Man gave
0: names us all the animals. Yeah, man <laughs> gave names all the animals exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, got um, serve somebody is great. I mean, I think that this is. Let me. Make it a little bit more specific. I think it's the best uh, ballad of the of the of his era, okay. of the Christian era. Well, at least right up there with um, when he returns.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's of a piece um, with that. I think. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I, that, I, I don't want to.
0: You're right. There are others. I mean, I actually think what can I do for you is one that I really like a lot. Um, I think that that's the one that really sold me on, pushed me over the edge and gave uh, saved a three. Was what can I do for you? What can um, I do for you? Because you you didn't watch that uh, harmonica solo that I posted, did you?
1: The you posted a harmonica
0: solo. See, if you had watched that, you'd understand. I posted um, on the on our account on an Instagram, which you you can follow all the listeners can follow. But it's this performance of what can I do for you that's like particularly beautiful in a way that I actually like w- was really impressed by. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so, uh, to sum it up, I think that the best stuff overall to come out of the Christian period, for me, is this stuff where Bob Dylan seems more vulnerable in his relationship to the the Lord, where he's like letting himself be carried away. Um, And this song begins with this very beautiful, simple guitar pattern, um, which actually reminds me quite a bit of uh, the song Guiding Light on Marky Moon. Which is ironically enough sort of similar thematically,
1: hmm,
0: just like that that sort of twinkling guitar intro, this song begins with a, a sort of similar little guitar picking, and then Bob saying, uh, in the time of my confession
1: <laughs>
0: It's very intimate
1: yeah yeah it's it's undeniably just like a very. Very pretty and and graceful kind of song, I would say, um, and it's yeah. I, I think you're right. It is it is a much more vulnerable, um, personal, kind of sound or song than he was in the habit of writing at this moment in time, which might be why it why it is so affecting and why it stands out from the crowd, so to speak. Um, because yeah, I mean, it, it, like you can, you can tell even, even just like hearing the lyrics or reading them back on the, back from the page, like you, you can tell like, oh yeah, this, this is still Bob Dylan that we're talking about. Right. Like some right. of these, sometimes some you forget
0: the, with a song like Trouble.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it, it this, sh- it this seems like it, it comes so naturally to him and so it, and it's so effortless and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but like this, this is, this is just as, as strong and, and, um, lyrically you know um uh profound i think as as uh, anything from you know uh desire or blood on the tracks or whatever or or
2: even
0: his earlier uh songs like uh blown in the wind like this has sort of something in common with with that and with uh hard rain's gonna fall like that confidence in in simplicity of execution paired with these really big ideas
1: right right yeah yeah exactly which makes you wonder like why why was he why why is this the only one of these songs on this record if he you know why why, like does he does he think that the other stuff that he's, does he think I don't that Lenny know. Bruce I, is just as good as this I mean, or I, is, I, is he incapable of writing more than one of these songs per record at this point? I think that it's a total
0: mystery and we'll, we'll never really know. But one hypothesis I have is that a lot of these songs that don't work in our estimation are in our opinion are, um, experiments in a way not that Bob Dylan would ever admit this but you have to wonder where where he finds himself in his career at various points in the last you know few records that we've talked about he's like a mega star and in especially in the Christian period here I am curious if some of these are attempts to be like the first the first big mega star to fuse like these like Christian, a Christian message into like a rockin' sound while also being kind of like the first guy to do this also challenging himself to even tackle certain like sub genres and sounds for the first time. So there's a lot of factors in that way that I think sometimes create train wrecks. Um, like a song like watered down love. It's not like there's other Bob Dylan songs that sound like that up to this point. It It is Bob Dylan tr- trying a new s- sound out, like right out of the package. Um, it also happens to come at this very specific and weird point in his career for him to be doing that. Right. Um, So maybe he was spending more of his time trying to just get that fusion to happen spontaneously. And perhaps that time might have been better spent, in our opinion, by just hunkering down and doing what he could always do, which is write.
1: Right. Yeah. Write write this kind of thing. Continues the streak also. Well, I guess not really a streak because the last song on Saved was a real clunker, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Are You Ready? Not a, not a good album closer. Uh, not, but it's
0: the weakest album closer of the of the three Christian LPs. I, yeah, I definitely.
1: that, yeah, I think it's the weakest album closer that he's had, like, in a long time because you've got, um, yeah, uh, when he returns on Slow Train, which is fantastic, and then uh, where Are you tonight on Street Legal, and then Sarah on Desire, and then um, Buckets of Rain on Blood on the Tracks, like you know, going going back to. Yeah,
0: he's been killing it with the closers, except with the closers, for, yeah, except for saved, oh, except that's, for saved, that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. This is this is really kind of the 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 one like, solid, sincere contribution to the, the canon, I think, off of this record, if if we want to think of it that way. Uh, and th- there are plenty of interesting oddities uh, and, and fun, fun diversions along the way, but nothing that, I don't know, nothing that really is seeming like it's going to stick with me, um, uh, or uh, nothing that has stuck with me uh, quite yet. Maybe, maybe when I come back to shot of love again, 15 years from now, um, uh, Lenny Bruce will really,
0: I don't know. I think if you come back to shot of love 15 years from now and you really like it, I'll worry that something really bad happened to you. <laughs> Not that the record got any better. Uh, that's
1: um, that's, and that's fair.
0: Look, we'll probably get some heat for this. Um, just because some people are really into this record. But I don't understand you if you are. I think that while I appreciate a a, a hot contrarian Dylan take and have been guilty of some of those uh, indulgences, you've seen it happen on this very program. Uh, this one's simply not the hill to die on. Reclaiming <laughs> Shot of Love from 1981 is just not you're better than that Bob is better than that you're better than that you need you're the one who needs Jesus actually <laughs> if that's the case no you just need to listen to infidels
1: yeah that'll be that'll be a fun one maybe the last sort of well I guess we'll we'll wait to get to it uh, but definitely the last super highlight. Uh, of of Bob's uh, career for for many years, or at least the the last record that is commonly, commonly held. Is yeah, like would would you disagree?
0: I don't know. We have to talk about it next time. Yeah, I guess we'll have to. Wait I don't want to. I don't want to. We can't anything spoil away.
1: Um, but uh, yeah. So this this brings us to the end of the end of the Christian period. Once and for all, um, we'll you know maybe talk a little bit more about the uh, uh, his segue back into secular life, you know, when we when we introduce the next record.
0: And yet, Bob Bob Dylan has never, I think, totally rid himself of uh, the spirit of the Lord. I think that he he's still there uh, in in so many of the songs that will come after this period. I don't really think of it as the end of Christian Bob Dylan. I think of it more as the, the end of, of that taking the front row center spot. Um, Like I said earlier, I feel like it sort of gets diluted, but I don't necessarily mean that it uh, ever becomes uh, invisible. It's, it sort of, Evenly permeates, I think, actually, in a lot of right. ways. I should say it makes me, in the future, when when these Christian references pop up, it just makes me take them all the more seriously or think about them a little bit more. Uh, because they do pop up after this.
1: They do. They do pop up, but but that is what I was going to say. Is mm-hmm. that they they were popping up before the Christian period as well. Like a song like "Oh Sister," for instance, from from Desire's, you know, is basically a, a Christian kind of uh, talks about you know Christian subject matter.
0: Gates of Eden.
1: Um, hmm.
0: Gates of Eden.
1: Gates of Eden, sure. Um, so so yeah, he's always been literate in the you know in in uh, uh, in terms of of Christianity and religion, uh, but this does uh, conclude like the explicitly evangelical, you know, uh, uh, period, I think, um, and which really did conclude maybe even after saved, you know, uh, considering what a scattershot record this is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this really does kind of close the book once and for all on that particular moment in time. Um, any, any, any parting thoughts on, on this, this, uh, this phase of of the Bob experience
0: i I think it's it's just been a a wild ride um, <laughs> and maybe the real I don't know i I, I, uh, I don't know I think I actually I don't know if I understand it in a way that I feel like is so much more than when I first started, but I think I've learned a thing or two. And I think I have learned that this album is.
1: uh, (laughs) Fair enough.
0: I think we should just give our three star system reviews.
1: Do Do you have a rating to offer? Yes. Should I offer mine? Yeah. Three stars. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> uh, no, uh, shot of love is a one star album.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a one star. This is one. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the first uh, the first double one star since new morning. I think at this point.
0: Yeah. Still stand by that one too, but um, yeah, I agree. I think that it's a one star for different reasons. Um, this album doesn't make me feel good <laughs> there, there's a review of it, um, it the Rolling Stone review of this record I actually think is, is a really good and even-handed negative review of it I think uh, everyone should check out Paul Nelson's uh, October fifteenth, 1981 review of Shot of Love it sums up how I feel about it too Um, this is the final thing he says about it as excellent as it is every grain of sand isn't enough to hide the hate that powers the majority of songs on Shot of love it doesn't make you forget the creepy conservatism the chaos and the cancerous urge to lash out and get even for some unknown sin you do wonder though if Bob Dylan is so full of God's love why is he so pissed off at the rest of the world (laughs) that's a good line
1: and a very good point.
0: Uh, so go go check out that review and don't tell me that this is a good record. You're you're just telling me that you're weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Joker. <laughs> All right.